Hello, everyone. This is Caitlin. And this is Jessica. And this is Calling All Spirits. How are you doing this week, Jess? I am really good. Um, kind of the last of summer a little bit. We're planning to go out of town. Um, so, I mean, you know, we with my family, we literally wait till we, we're leaving <laughs> on Monday. Let's book hotel rooms. Like, we made the decision today. Like, why not? Um, but just a heads up, we may be, I mean... As I say this, they all say this, but I we may be staying at one of the most haunted hotels in America. I think I've convinced my parents once again, they're such good sports. Like, there's a super haunted hotel. Let's go. Let's stay there. We're And it's, again, it's not our destination, but it's like, but we will be passing it on the way to our destination. It's so. on the way, so what's the problem? Exactly. And they're such good sports. They're like, okay. And, and but I, I'm always like, I will cover that night. I'll pay for that night. That's, <laughs> like that's very gonna... generous of you to, because if you're not going to sleep, the least you can do is pay for their, pay for their hotel. Although I will say that is also the most overused moniker in all of America. Exactly. I know. Every time I say that, I'm like, yeah, I bet there's a couple of other ones, but I will say it's one of the really well-known ones. Like, it's one that is up there and really, really well-known. Um, but yeah, I'm like, if I'm going to force you to go stay at a super haunted hotel, and the room we're booking, it actually sounds the description of, like, it's known for late-night conversations. <laughs> so Ooh. I'm like, I know. So are you going to leave, like, an app on your phone recording all night? Oh, that's a good idea. I had not thought about it, but I have an app. And I don't think this will be as scary because unlike when we were in the cabin, like we're just in a cabin near the woods. <laughs> this one, at least we're in a hotel and there's people on either side of us. So I feel like we can be like, it could be the neighbors. Like it could be the... You can convince yourself it's living people. It's fine. Exactly. Where when you're in a cabin by yourself, it's a little bit harder to convince yourself of that. <laughs> like... Yeah, that that is a lot harder of a sell in your own brain for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I don't want to give it away yet, just in case, but I will report back at our next podcast if we do get to stay there. Um, once again, we were booking hotels tonight, and it was like, maybe we should have planned this out better, but it's fine. We're going to make it happen. A last-minute trip. That's the fun of it. Like, I, I'm telling myself that. <laughs> Spontaneousness is okay, Miss Earth Sign. See, you know me too well. The Taurus and Virgo in me. Well, the Taurus is my lazy side. So it's like, it's fine. We'll get to it eventually. But now the Virgo is like, what have you done? You like, haven't organized you anything. Play? Exactly. They're, they're fighting each other, right? You remember <laughs> like, the card I was talking about earlier where we drew the Willow card? Be flexible and strong. Like, flexible's yes. part of the gamba, babe. <laughs> I know. My poor Virgo and Taurus. I feel like they go at each other it, so much. You think that's bad? Try having Virgo and Sagittarius. One of them absolutely free spirit. Ooh. The other one wants everything organized. <laughs> this is, oh, I didn't think about that. That that would be a much harder. At least they're two Earth signs. They're like they're yeah. That yeah I have the astrological harder. version of ADHD versus autism. <laughs> <laughs> I also have both of those as well. But that's not the point. <laughs> Anyway, that's all that's going on with us. What about you? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty decent. We mm -hmm. may have found someone to help us fix the floor on a professional side where Yay. it's I, my, my, my DIY soul is sad, but uh -huh. my scared to death of screwing up the subfloor in an old house side is very relieved because <laughs> it's less expensive than we thought. They'll let us do a payment okay. plan and it comes with a warranty. 
Oh, great. Oh, that's wonderful. Good. good so good, good. hopefully I will have my hallway and laundry room done, which is good because the laundry room wasn't supposed to be done until the hose on the washer fell out last week and flooded everything, including oh the r- exposed subfloor in the hallway. Oh, no. My mother oh, very no. helpfully pointed out that I need to be more careful when I'm trying to manifest water because it's dry outside. <laughs> oh, no. Thanks, Mom. You're not wrong, but also rude. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just thinking, but what are we supposed to do? We need water. We need it from the sky all over Texas, not just my laundry room. Um, Fortunately, the flooding wasn't awful. It was mostly isolated to the laundry room. But it was one of those where we're like, laundry room as well or just hallway? This answered that question. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Done. Done. Maybe it was that little tower moment of... Might We're just going to make the decision for you. Here you go. <laughs> it tipped the scale. Honestly, it, it made it to where Caitlin wasn't going to argue. We just flooded yeah. this room. Of course, I'm going to let you change it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, well, I'm glad it's, I'm glad at least out of that it's working out. Yes. Like out of everything, like we have a game plan. It'll be done. It'll be done quickly because we're not doing it ourselves and second guessing right. everything. We can watch them do it. So now we know how to do it in the future. <laughs> and yes. And I can just calm all the way down. This yeah. is also, fortunately, one of the months where we get extra paychecks because of the way the weeks line up. So that'll oh, help pay good. for it. That's awesome. If it was going to happen, it was a good thing it happened now. Exactly. Like, I would have preferred to put that money on the credit cards that we're still racking up yeah. because of all the stuff that happened because of the house. But I will absolutely yeah. take this over, like, a broke month. Like, having yeah. it happen during the abundant month, I can work with. I'm very grateful. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, well, good. Well, good. Yeah, talking to my therapist, she's like, are you remembering your gratitude moments? And I'm like, oh, it's a challenge sometimes, but I'm doing it. I know. I know. That is, that's so funny you said that because that's one thing I'm really working on is gratitude. And like I read with anxiety, you can't be anxious when you're like having a moment of like when you're you're practicing gratitude, you can't have, have anxiety, at least in that moment, you know, like for that moment. So whenever I'm stressed out about something, I'm like, I am so grateful for this. And like, you know, like trying to and it, it does work. I mean, at least for that moment. And then sometimes it comes back. But at the very least, you can moment, be grateful. I'm that, at the very least, you can be grateful to have the space in order to be allowed to be anxious. You're not <laughs> yes. handling crisis after crisis after crisis after crisis. Yes. You, you you have the freedom in that moment to be anxious, as annoying as that is. I know, I know. During the last, um, well, this is on topic, the mediumship dims when I was so nervous. I'm like, I am so grateful I get this opportunity. I'm so grateful I get to go up there and dim and trying to convince myself, I'm just grateful. This is wonderful. So grateful. I'm about to stand up in front of like 60 people and try to make this happen right now. I'm grateful and I believe in me all at once. Yeah. As like my hands are like shaking uncontrollably. Like, no, it's fine. It's fine. But I've been trying to work on that. Like, look what you get to do now. That is true. Because honestly, three years ago, you wouldn't believe it. No, I wouldn't have. I actually found that in one of my little journals. That was one of my goals was you get to dim and do me. I'm like, I know. It's like, okay, I'm dimming now. And so that's very cool. But so anyway, well, very cool. Well, I'm kind of excited about tonight's episode because when I first started looking into this, I was like, is there going to be enough to talk about? But oh my gosh, not only is there a lot to talk about this subject, Caitlin, you're going to die over the history of just the land. I was like, wait, what? Who lived here? 
So should we like jump into the episode? Absolutely. With that kind of teaser, please tell me everything. (laughs) Well, as tradition, it's our annual back to school episode as schools are getting started. So we thought we'd go back to school by traveling to Essex, England to attend classes at what some people call the real life Hogwarts, (laughs) which is, I, I love it. So many people call it Hogwarts, but it's actually known as Arthur Finley College. So yay, I'm so excited to talk about this. So if anybody doesn't know what Arthur Finley College is, I thought I'd start with the description on their website because it really explains it well. The Arthur Finley College offers facilities unequaled anywhere in the world in the spiritualist movement. It is a residential center where students can study spiritualist philosophy and religious practice, spiritualist healing and awareness, spiritual and psychic unfolding, and kindred disciplines. And they have their courses, lectures, and demonstrations are all offered by leading experts together with the additional features of a library, museum, didn't know that, Hmm. lake, magnificent grounds, recreational facilities, and full board accommodations. So it's, it's a school for like psychic and mediumship and everything in between and you get to go and stay and it's in England in this old fancy manor house I mean it's just it's kind of the coolest it, it kind of That's is like awesome. yeah it reminds yes. me of the school oh what's the name of the school that Millie goes to in the worst witch dang it now I gotta check that mm. I don't remember the name but I know the mo- I know what you're talking about yeah I mean Tim Curry's in the movie how could you not know what I was talking about no oh I mean it's like the best First witch school. It's, the the Netflix school, to... the Netflix show was also really cute, but Miss Cackles, yeah. Miss Cackles Academy Ms. for Cackles. Witches. Yes, that's what it sounds yes. like. Yes, it, it's it feels very similar, mm. except for they don't get to learn to fly, which would be cool. I <laughs> if mean, only we could learn to fly on brooms. I want to, like, I want to I so know. badly. I know. So they don't offer that. Oh. Sorry, but <laughs> that disappointing. Oh, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> And like we've kind of already said, the courses are held at this magnificent, I say home, but I mean, it's this gorgeous manor house that's called Stanstead Hall. I was just going to talk about the school, but like I said, when I started researching it, I'm like, wait, we have to talk about the land and the people that lived here first because, oh my goodness, talk about ties to English history. So just going back to the land the college sits on. It actually dates back to the Roman times. They said that the remains of a magnificent Roman villa uh, that were part of the Roman settlement lie underneath the land Hmm. that it sits on. And it's believed that these Roman remains may have given rise to the Saxon name Stansteda. I'm probably mispronouncing that, but close, meaning Stony Palace. And so that's kind of how it got its name. Yeah. Now, later in 1066, William of Normandy <laughs> invaded England and became king. Yep. Kind of a big deal. And to settle his debts with the knights that fought for him, the king gave them land and property. And to his own nephew, Robert Gernon, William bestowed the lordship of Stansted. Oh. So this land, he was the nephew of William. No big deal. No big deal. And Robert built a castle there, and it became the head of the barony. And then later, his son William took the name Mount Fitchett, which was used by descendants. And you'll see Mount Fitchett a lot. Okay, so there's the first thing. Wow. We have William of Normandy and a tie to him. So off to a slow, low-key start. Oh, oh, it gets better. (laughs) Now, 
gets better. Around 1214, Baron Richard de Mountfinchen was living at Stansted Castle when he joined other noblemen to make a stand for their rights that were being challenged by King John. So in 1215, on June 15th, the barons, including Richard, forced King John to meet them at Runnymede near Windsor by River Thames and signed the seal, their great charter, the Magna Carta. What? Now, what's so cool, the really cool connection, is that the Baron of Stansted owned the land at Stansted, of course, but he also owned the land at Runnymede. Oh, wow. It was signed. So he had a connection to the land there. What? So, yeah, now they have a connection to the Magna Carta. So craziness um he was also one of the 25 barons chosen to govern the realm in the reign of king john now in 1216 a very angry king john because this doesn't really sit well sent a small army to stansted and laid siege to the castle (laughs) destroying it and killing some of the inhabitants so Mm. that doesn't go well but yeah so there's another connection to english history wow i know now after the castle was destroyed with some of those stones, they built the first manor house. And it so the Stansted Hall we know is kind of like the third. So this was like the first version of it. It gets better, by the way. There's more ties here. Okay. Now following, yeah. Now following the death of Richard Mountfinchet, Stansted Hall went through various owners. And we kind of see this over the years. It changes hands a lot. Mm-hmm. But one of those was in 1438, Elizabeth, the wife of John de Vere, the 12th Earl of Oxford inherited Stansted Hall and estates. Now, during the War of the Roses, her husband supported the House of Lancaster. Oh. And after... Yeah. And after the Battle of Towton in 1461, the Earl, her husband, and his son were arrested and tried for plotting to kill the king. And they were both beheaded and all their lands, including Stansted Hall, were confiscated. Yeah, that sounds about right. So that did not turn out well. Yeah, didn't go well. It passed hands again until it had a new owner. So it just gets crazier. Wait for this. Okay. On his coronation in 1485, King Henry VII gave the land and estates of Stansted to his mother-in-law, the Dowager Queen Elizabeth, who was widow of Queen Edward IV. And Elizabeth was the mother of the two princes. (gasps) Edward V and his brother Richard, who were reputedly murdered by their uncle Richard III in the Tower of London. Their mom lived here. I, um, I know! <laughs> How? One of the more famous hauntings in mm. England is tied to the psychic school that reminds us of fantasy novels. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna need a minute. <laughs> this... The, which you would think Magna Carta, all this stuff. This is the one for some reason that blew my mind. I, this it, one blew my mind. That's because we're we're a podcast about talking to ghosts and it's a haunted location <laughs> tied somewhere else entirely via yes! English history. Okay. Yes. Um, I know. So. <laughs> is that not incredible? That's why. Like, let me just start with the school. Oh no, we we gotta go back. Yeah, we, no, we gotta just talk kidding. about the we need to talk about the history. First of all, <laughs> of you should have known land. better. You've you've listened well, to our other episodes. I know, I know. 
I just didn't think there would be that much. I thought it'd be like, there was some land. People owned it. I just didn't think it would be that interesting. And then I was like, mine. Like, the more I kept reading, it's like, mind blown again. Mind blown again. Is <laughs> like, your skull even intact anymore? Like, come on. It's crazy. So, yeah, the two princes' mom. So, she lived lived here. Now, doesn't end well. Two years later, Henry VII banished the Dowager Queen Elizabeth to a nunnery and restored Stansted Hall and its estates to the DeVere family. Mm -hmm. And they remained in possession for about 100 years. This is also what blows my mind, Caitlin, only because we live in America, Mm -hmm. especially like living in Texas. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wait, this history goes back so far of this land. We're here in America. If you have anything from the 1600s, it's like, whoa. That like that that seems old to to me at least like yeah seventeen hundreds is old like we're we're starting at ten sixty six like yeah I had the same brain melt when I first went to Chaco Canyon in New Mexico and I was like hold on this is called prehistoric but it's concurrent with high medieval ages my head yeah. hurts because yeah, we- <laughs> ancient ruins seem like they'd be so much older like no this is super recent history and then like yeah no that that stupid saying that I use all the time. It works and it's real where in the U.S. 500 years is a long time and in England and Europe 500 miles is a long distance. It's it is so true because I kept I kept waiting to get to the Finleys. I'm like the Finleys are coming up. I'm like no we're just now hitting the 1600s. Yeah you still got a few hundred years to go. It just yeah I can't process that. So now we are in the 1600s. So in 1615, the estate was sold to Sir Thomas Middleton, who was a member of Parliament, a former Lord Mayor of London, a merchant, a really wealthy man. I love that they also had a note he was married four times. I didn't dig into that, but they just made a little side note of that. Like childbirth or arsenic? Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> I have no idea. I probably should have looked into it, but they, it, they, they were like, we're going to make a note of this for you. Clearly, it's okay. notable for some reason. Yeah. So Middleton built the... Jacobean Hall in the early 1600s, which was a massive four-story building with two large dome-shaped towers. Now, this was kind of a cool fact, and I learned this from um, a video about the history of Arthur Finley, but I was like, Caitlin will appreciate this. So apparently, Middleton was really good friends with King James I, and so the king approached him and his brother to help fund this big water project for London. And he's like, we'll pay you back, I promise. Can you help give us some money for this? And so... Thomas Middleton did. Mm-hmm. And as a thank you, the king gave Thomas this royal coat of arms and, of course, promised, like, we're going to pay you back. I promise. <laughs> so so Thomas put it above his fireplace. It was, like, something that he was so proud of. And they used to toast to it when people came over. Mm. Now, however, Thomas quickly realized the king was never going to pay him of course not. the money he, he was owed. Um, so he took the coat of arms and he put it inside the fireplace and from then on, when he went to make a toast, he would throw his drink into the fire and hit the coat of arms in protest. <laughs> that is so cool. I love it, that so I much. I do, too. The salt is real. Yes. And I bring it up because that coat of arms is still in the fireplace. No way. At Stansted Hall. Yeah, it's still there. They said it's in the reception area, so you can still see it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I would just want to keep, throw a drink at it just just to do it. That would be so cool. That's insane. I would love to be able to do that, too. I know. I almost left that out. But I'm like, Caitlin will appreciate that. Story. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> um, but anyway, the hall remained in the Middleton family until 1710. 
And then I didn't put all the owners because it just continues to change hands during the 18th century. And in in addition, during this time, parts of the home were destroyed by a fire. And then a new one was again rebuilt on the ground. So now we're kind of at Stansted Hall number two, like roughly. Um, Now, the next family that to talk about was in 1880. Stansted Hall was owned by Mr. E. Fuller Maitland and his wife, Berthia. And Berthia, she actually disliked the residents. And after another fire... Um, when the old hall burnt down, yeah, this, they didn't have good luck with fires. Um, she just kind of allowed it to fall into ruin. I think she was like, oh, too bad. So sad. (laughs) Whoops. Yeah, maybe. Whoops. (laughs) How did that happen? Oh, gee, what a tragedy. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, Berthia. (laughs) Now, the couple's son, William, he was actually an avid traveler, an art collector, and he lived, he lived kind of across the way, but he was in need of a larger home to house his collection of paintings and artifacts. So he commissioned Robert Armstrong to build the current Stansted Hall. So now we're at the current one, the third. And various items were salvaged from the old halls and incorporated into the new house. So that's how they have, like, still have the fireplace with the coat of arms. I was was watching one video, and I think, don't quote me, but I think most, if not all, the fireplaces were from the original. So they they brought in a lot of stuff from the original. The irony of the fireplaces being the only one to survive the fire. (gasps) Like, given that they're supposed to be fireproof as fireplaces, it makes scientific and logical sense. But the irony is hilarious. I didn't think about that. That is kind of... Well, he was smart because to ensure his new hall wouldn't catch fire, he had it built of red brick. So we're not going to... Yes, we're going to kind of get rid of the wood and going with that. Um, Now, construction commenced in 1870, and by 1876, the new Stansted Hall was ready, but... William Fuller Maitland died a week before he was scheduled to move in. So he never got to see it. I know it's really sad. I'm sure he got to see it. He just didn't get to do like the whole walking in. I live here now. That's true. That's true. He did see. Oh, gosh, that's even worse. Like they probably had everything ready to go. And then, oh, like, yeah, like I said, at least he got to see it. I mean, good news, bad news. His stuff is packed up for the estate sale. (laughs) True. Sorry, I'm not a good person. Continue. (laughs) No, it's fine. And then it changed hands again. And then finally, we get to the names we're going to recognize. So in 1923, Arthur Finley and his wife Gertrude visited the property. And it said they were kind of ready. They had lived in Scotland and it was like too cold for them. They were ready to leave the cold of Scotland behind for a warmer climate. Trajan, you want to come to Texas? I'll take your house in Scotland. (laughs) Okay, that's all I could think of. I'm like, a warmer climate. But I'm like, we're the surface yeah. of the sun at the moment. A hundred years so. ago also, like, Galveston yeah. would, like, freeze in the 1900s in the winter sometimes. So, like, we had a whole different climate back then. Yeah, we did. That just cracked me up. Only because of what we're going through now. Yeah. I'm like, If we had recorded really? this in January, we wouldn't be this confused. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, of course, they fell in love with Stansted Hall and the grounds, and they bought the estate and moved in with their daughter, Margaret, in 1926. And they enjoyed many happy years together at the home and welcomed numerous visitors. And, really, the only time the Finleys were not at the hall was actually during World War II because they loaned it out to the Ministry of Defense for use as a hospital. By the Red oh, Cross, yay. which was kind of cool. It said they have 5,500 soldiers yeah. that were there recovering. And How haunted is this building? Thank you. Thank you. You kind of read my mind. <laughs> like, 
like, and I'm just thinking of all the history, even though it's not that house, but just the land. It, yes, you you read my even mind when I saw a hosp- World War II hospital into account. How how haunted is this building? I know, I know. You see, we think alike. <laughs> um, now, for those, I mean, we know it's named after Arthur Finley, but. I didn't even know every, I, I was even kind of like, who is Arthur Finley? So I thought we'd share a little bit about who this man was, um, besides being the owner. Um, but he was actually a really significant figure in the history of spiritualism, more so than I even knew. Okay. Um, so just a short little bio. He was born in Glasgow in 1883 and came from a very prominent Scottish family. And after leaving preparatory school, he attended Fetz College and later Geneva University. Um, in 1913, he married his wife, Annie Gertrude Walker. And then after the death of his father, he actually became a senior stockbroking partner. So he was really into finance. That's what he got started in. Interesting. It was part of one. Yeah, that was kind of his background. He was part of one of the leading firms in Glasgow. And after a very successful business career, he decided to retire. And that's when he moved to London and purchased Stansted Hall. Hmm. Or England, I should say. In the next few years, he became an English... Well, I love he retired. But in the next few years, he became an English landowner, a farmer, a magistrate, and took a very active role in local affairs. So, I mean, he was just still doing busy. what we're planning on doing for our retirement, where it's a career change. No one actually gets to retire anymore. <laughs> exactly. He was exactly. a trail that we can all just happily follow, if possible, because not going to lie, I'd love to have a farm. Oh, I know. I know. And it also said, I didn't put that in there, but he was... Um, Agriculture was kind of a passion of his, too. So very, and I mean, this hall has gorgeous grounds surrounding it. So lots of land. I'd like to be able to manage a vegetable garden, let alone an estate with <laughs> a whole agriculture program. Oh, I know. I know. Now, for his spiritual side, it's actually said that he was always interested in spiritual matters and various world religions. He wasn't, his parents were Christian and they were pretty strict on that but he was always kind of interested in other religions and I even was listening to I think on that same history of um the college um the lady was saying that he had all these books on different religions and spiritual topics and when he was little his mom found them and actually like burned them (laughs) so that didn't go well (laughs) not but he but he had an interest but in 1918 he attended a seance with direct voice medium John C. Sloan and after that experience, he just became convinced that the afterlife was a reality. And for five years, he made a special study of the direct voice phenomena of John Sloan. So he wanted to focus on him. The study lasted, um, I said, five years. It consisted of 44 different seances. Wow. So I mean, it was like an intense study of him watching and researching. Um, later, he became the founder and vice president of the Glasgow Society for Psychical Research, and he took a lead role in the Church of Scotland's inquiry into psychic phenomena. He definitely comes from a more, like, scientific research-based approach. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, he was chairman of Psychic Press and one of the founders of their leading spiritualist periodicals, The Psychic News. And in addition to that, he wrote several booklets and articles for various magazines and newspapers. Over the years, he was also president and vice president of a, like dozens of organizations devoted to psychic science, including the London Spiritualist Alliance, which is now the College of Psychic Studies, Ooh. and the... I know, and the International Institute for Psychical Research, and he was an honorary president of the Spiritualist National Union, 
And he was a really well-known lecturer and spoke in the largest halls throughout Europe. I mean, all, I did not know all of this. Like, I was kind of, I'm like, okay, we probably have to cover him at one point. Like, in, <laughs> in because depth. there's so yeah. much. In depth, exactly. More in depth. But he was probably best known as an author. He wrote 10 books and they were reprinted several times. And he's known, he's really known for his trilogy of books, On the Edge of the Etheric, the Rock of Truth and the Unfolding Universe, which really detailed his psychic investigations, his findings, the direct voice mediumship, and kind of his theories. But this is interesting. He was also the author of two books that rewrote history from the psychic angle. So they kind of gave readers this new interpretation of the past, which I'm like, I'm curious. Like, okay. I want to look into those more. But it was said of him that he successfully made religion and philosophy both intelligible and rational and put spiritualism on a scientific and realistic basis. So he was he was into it. Now, you're going to love this. Arthur Finley, well, and his wife, the Finleys, were also very close friends with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Of course they were. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we, we love him. I adore uh, him. He was everywhere. And this is jazz he, age, dead uh, dead center. Like, it. no, yeah. He was, he was front I, and center for all of this. And of course they knew him. Of course they did. So it was said that he would actually, Dole would visit Stansted Hall frequently and they would hold seances in the library. <laughs> but they also made a note that members of the royal family actually came to Stansted and dabbled in spiritualism. They didn't list who. So, I mean, we can only guess by, you know, the time period of like, mm-hmm. but it just says members of the royal family mm-hmm. came. I know. I kind of adore that. Um, now, not long after purchasing Stansted Hall, Arthur Finley dreamt about creating a college where psychic science could actually be studied, but he wasn't the first spiritualist to really see the need for a school. The first one was someone we know of Emma Hardage Britton, who we've covered. She, in the 1890s, she made an appeal to the spiritualists for their support to create a training college for mediums. Yeah. And I just love her even more. Absolutely. Um, and her vision, it kind of, it's pretty, it, 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 it sounds familiar to Arthur Finley. So she, the first prerequisite was they needed to acquire a large and spacious home with some grounds attached that could accommodate 12 to 20 young persons. Um, and she put this in the appeal that she noted that there were some very rich property owners spiritually inclined enough to devote a house and lands to the experiment. <laughs> Which they were just later. <laughs> but I love how she's like, I know there are people with money that would do this. There there are people with money who want to help. Like, they'll, they'll just ask around. We'll find somebody. Exactly. It'll be a exactly. thing. <laughs> exactly. I, oh, I love funny. that. Now, she gave an example of what else the school would need. And she would have, have had it, which makes sense, like have men come at one time and women come another time, like not together. So this was kind of like, if the females were there, here's what they would need. They would need a good motherly matron, a housekeeper, a well-informed governess competent to teach the scholars various branches of literature and art, and a highly mediumistic person who, by the air of experience and study, should be able to organize the circles. She felt that at least three circles should be held each week for the purpose of unfolding and practicing the mediumistic powers. And regular services should be given every Sunday, which is so cool because that's how we practice and learn now is circles. Yeah. Which is just like, 
that kind of blew my mind that she's already like, that's how we should be working. To qualify for admission, scholars should be persons endowed with some mediumistic gift and recommended by or known to members of the council who could vouch for their capacity. So hmm. you had to be known for your gifts. Also, I love this. In addition, you will like this, Caitlin. In addition to mediumship training, she believed it was important to have exercises in music and gardening, primarily the raising of fruit, herbs, and vegetables for medicinal and edible purposes. Yay! I know! Is that not the coolest? That's so perfect. Absolutely. I know. And most importantly, which I love this, the college should be free to all attendees. So that was her vision. And at the time when she published this, Arthur Finley was actually 12 years old. So don't know if he saw it when he was 12, but maybe he saw it later. Not quite in his, uh, yeah, not quite in his uh, retirement age and position yeah. <laughs> to accommodate the player. Yes. But who knows? Maybe he read it later. Because why they needed a school is because before this, the Spiritualist National Union, they were they were holding classes. They called them summer schools, which was a three-week period that was comprised of studies, lectures, circles, mediumship training and development, and private sittings. And while they were super successful, they kept having to move to new locations because they didn't have a permanent like home base. So yeah. they kept having to find out where they were going to have them. Uh, there was also a National Spirit- Spiritualist College in 1925. But it was a correspondence course. So it was a three-year course of study with yearly examinations and terminal certificates, but not somewhere you could go to learn. Hmm. So they were trying to have be able to educate and train, but... They were doing what they could with what they could, but they didn't have the anchor point of a location. Exactly. Exactly. So in the 1940s, Arthur Finley made the decision to bequeath his home, Stansted Hall, to the Spiritualist National Union for the purpose of a school upon his death. And he hoped his home would be a place for national conferences for spiritualists, summer and weekend schools. And some of the things, there was a list, but what he wanted people to study was, of course, spiritualism, (laughs) mediumship development, spiritual and psychical unfoldment, healing techniques, public speaking, conducting the lyceum, and there was more. But he kind of laid out, here's what I want. I know. And he wanted the creation of a healing sanctuary or church for spirit healing and meditation and also where religious services could be held, too. Hmm. Which I just adore this man. I'm like, this is all brilliant. Now, it's kind of funny. In 1945, he approaches the Spiritualist National Union about having Stansted Hall. Mm -hmm. This is not going to shock you. Ten years later is when a will is actually drawn up. Oh, well, close to ten years. It was 1954, so short year. The will was finally drawn up to bequ- bequest Stansted Hall to the Spiritualist National Union, also with a significant endowment, which, nice. I know. Hmm. And he also gifted a motor car to them and the furniture, furnishings, kind of what was in the house. Anything his daughter didn't want, they got all of it. So, Whoa, that's I awesome. Know. I know, which was really nice. And so they started making plans in 1964. Like, what modifications do we have to make to the house? You know, kind of getting everything order. And in the middle of that, in July of 1964, Arthur Finley passed away. Like, right when they were starting. But at least he knew, like, it, it was coming. And his funeral services were held at Stansted Hall. And, of course, the home passed to the Spiritualist National Union. And it was renamed the J. Arthur Finley College for the Advancement of Psychic Science. So that was kind of the official name. Now it's just like the Arthur Finley College. Let <laughs> you just cool, call it though. Arthur Finley. It's really cool that, like, his dream came to be. So in August of 1965, under the leader- leadership of Gordon Higginson, who we have got to do an episode on him, 
because he is such like I don't know if guru is the right word. It's probably not. But he's just so big of a spiritualist pioneer and did such amazing things. I'm like, we will talk about him in the future. Don't worry. But as long as he gets on the list. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. No, I think he may already be on the list. It's just like, when do we want to <laughs> when do we want to cover him? But um, no, he, he's definitely on it. But um, so under his leadership in 1965, a group of 46 people for the Longton Church came for their first summer school at Stansted Hall. And it was also during the week that the college held its first spiritual service. And because it was such a success, work commenced immediately to prepare the college for all its future visitors. I mean, this sounds like the historic houses we were at. So first they they needed like new sewage, new electrical supplies, central heating system, (laughs) hot water, new wiring, you know, like they had to get all these, get it all ready because they even talked about the water, like the, the water that was supplied to the hall came from a well. And it's like, well, if we have hundreds of visitors, that's not going to work anymore. (laughs) We need to get on the municipal water now. Exactly. So that's kind of what had to happen. (laughs) Like, oh, this went really well. We got to start working on this. Um, the large bedrooms are divided into smaller little rooms. Um, yeah. adverti- I love advertisements for the staff. Like for the tutors who were placed in the psychic news, of course. Yeah. Copious amounts of supplies were purchased. And they even installed seven beehives on the grounds. And the honey produce would be used at the college. I love oh, that. I love that. I do too. And I should have looked into it. If anybody knows... Because I don't even know if it'd be on the website. If anybody knows if the beehives are still there, I would love to know that. Um, shout out to Grace. I know you're going. <laughs> like in the fall, <laughs> we want to know about the beehives and anything else you want to tell us. But I'm putting that out there. And if you can there. buy the honey, our spirit guide's going <laughs> to be in the UK this fall. Yes. Oh, I would love to have honey from Arthur Finley. Yes, we're putting that out there. Um, In addition to the physical preparations, a comprehensive syllabus for educational purposes was developed along with suggested textbooks, which I'm like, oh my goodness, what are these? What are these books? Right. Can I get the reading list for this class, please? Exactly. I had the same thought. Um, In 1966, Dr. John Winning was appointed the first college principal. And he was responsible for planning the details of the educational courses. And so that was great. And finally, on September 17, 1966, the Arthur Finley College officially opened. Over 250 people attending the opening ceremonies. And it was officiated by Miss Frances Wayne, the daughter of Arthur and Gertrude Finley. And she gave the dedication. And in it, she stated that her father, and I quote, tried to find answers to questions mankind has always asked. This research eventually led him to spiritualism. As a result of his writings and speeches, there were people who did not agree with him. This is kind of funny. She said, I remember one Roman wrote to him and accused him of being in league with the devil. We laughed. Daddy didn't mind. I didn't mind. And I don't think the devil did either. (laughs) Which is so cute. I love that. Spectacular response. I know. And I love that was in the opening. And at the end, she remarked that it had been a very happy home. For many years, Anne said, my husband and family are very pleased to think that you now have the care of this house. And she ended by declaring the college open and said, the words you have as your motto made this house flourish. And that's how Mm. she opened. 
And after that, students were welcome to the college. Um, and at that time, it, it gave the prices at the time of full board, which was seven nights because you went for a week, which included your accommodations, breakfast, lunch, afternoon tea and dinner. The cost was $10. Or, sorry, I'm used to America. $10. 10 pounds <laughs> for adults and three pounds for children under the age of five. And I oh, want to cool. know more about that because it sounds like kids could come. And I don't know if kids can still come. So, I, but I was kind of shocked by that. Like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, and I it, guess maybe it's, it's to open up so that um, if you are a child care person or if you're a mother, then you yeah. can still come. Which I love. I don't know if that's still the case today. I haven't seen that, but but don't. It may still be there. But I've just. You don't ever see kids there, so I, I was yeah. really curious. Um, but I, I love that. Probably changed. Yeah, yeah, probably. In the early years, most of the mediums and speakers gave their services for free, and Gordon Higginson believed that voluntary staff should be used as much as possible, also to help on costs. And it was really they give credit to Gordon Higginson, who really helped. Because I mean, as this school's going, it's there's debt accruing. And he organized the Friends of Stansted Hall. And um, I was reading, somebody said, Gordon's strenuous and dedicated efforts in the early years ensured that Arthur Finley College would be around for many years to come, which it mm. still is today. And so kind of to end, I thought that one of, of course, people that have listened to this podcast, you may know or you may not know, I had the honor to study under Mavis Fatilla. I got to learn mediumship for her for two years and was with her when she passed. Um, and I, I always love watching. She talked, I mean, Gordon was her mentor and um, one of the greats. I mean, he was. And But she always talked about going to Arthur Finley when Gordon was there. And I found an interview. It's actually on YouTube. So anybody can watch it. We may share it. But in part of the interview, she's talking to another brilliant medium called Paul Jacobs. Um, and she recalled some of her early visits to Arthur Finley College in like the 60s and 70s. So I just pulled out a few funny things. She said that um, one of her first times ever going, they arrived at midnight to the college. And I mean, she described it as like something of like this gothic horror novel, this like big <laughs> manor house. There's no lights. It's like pitch black. And she said it was really spooky and she was really nervous to go in. And Gordon remarked to Mavis, don't worry, Mavis, if there are any spirits here, they are our spirits. <laughs> so nothing to That's fear. That's a good point. <laughs> which I love. <laughs> but she said it was so, it was really spooky because the corridors, well, first of all, your rooms didn't have a bathroom. You had to walk down these long corridors to get to the bathroom. And there were no lights at that time in the corridors. So you had to take, she said she took like her lighter <laughs> Or you had to take a candle or a flashlight and walk down these long, dark hallways if you needed to go to the bathroom. Um, but she said men and women were housed in separate, like, areas. Even if you were married, you couldn't stay in the same room. Men in one, women in the other. Um, and she recalled that when Gordon was there, everyone had to help. So if you came to study, but in addition to your classes, you had to help clean and cook. And you went, you went to Arthur Finley to work, to learn and to work. Oh, and this was interesting how they taught back then now we for most at least who I've learned from you know of course there may be a lecture but then you have to you practice you 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 practice your mediumship and then you're assessed and all that but she said back then it was just all lectures you went and it was really? all lectures yes and that of course changed but in the beginning that's how they did it you just listened yeah. to the tutor lecture which was because I don't feel like you get that as much now it's like 
get up, practice, we're going to assess and all that. Like, I, yeah. I kind of miss some of the lectures, actually. And she said, after all your hard work, Gordon would often hold a physical seance which was a really special treat for all of them. So I think it was like table tipping and all the stuff that we've talked about, which is so cool. That's awesome. I know. I loved her accounts from the early years. And of course, over the years, further renovations and alterations. I mean, they've added to it. They've updated, as we can imagine. Um, and in 1999, a healing and meditation center was completed and dedicated and and more changes have been made since then. But today, the college has over 50 approved tutors, as well as many specialists and guest tutors. And some of those include Chris Drew, who I took from too. Love him. Colin Bates, Eileen Davis, Davies, excuse me, Paul Jacobs, Tony Stockwell, who's really well known, Simone Key, and I mean, so many more really well-known mediums. Um, the college offers over 80 courses a year, and they range from beginner to advanced, and they're available in person and also online now, which is, I think, I think that started with COVID. I don't know that I they were so offering online, which is yeah. super exciting now for us that don't live there. Um, and I looked at their courses. So right now, some of the upcoming online courses include psychic powers, trance healing, pet communication, and spirit-inspired orographs, and I mean, a lot more. And some of the residential courses included fine-tuning your mediumship, expanding your awareness, psychic exploration, spirit art, and of course, so many more. And coming up is the annual Arthur Finley College Online Open Weekend in October. It's October 21st and 22nd, and it offers a, a just a wide variety of classes, workshops, lectures, and more for really affordable prices. Ooh. Super affordable. Um, and there's also private sittings and assessments. You can sit with one of their mediums, either have communication from your loved ones in spirit, or they can assess you. And like, what do you need? And I real, I think I'm going to do the assessment. Like I was looking at it. I'm like, I really want them. Because it's not just like they watch you read and here's what you need to fix. Like, they actually do like a soul to soul reading and here's what you need to know. And I'm like, okay, I really want one of those. So, and That's I think it's like $45. Like it's like, no the way. I don't quote me, but I think I'm telling you the classes, everything on the, it's a very special weekend. So it's super affordable. That's so if you're nuts. Yeah. So if you're interested, but you know, like even the course I took, I went back to look at the cost and I think it was like 50 or $60. Like it wasn't at all unreasonable like their huh. prices are not bad at all and just kind of to end in a recent video about the college um one of the tutors colin bates kind of described if you spend a week at the college he said that the training is really concentrated and they work the work they do in a week is equivalent to a year because it's so intensive which i can imagine because when you're staying there you're working on mediumship and psychic work you're doing all that for like seven days straight I, yeah, that's nuts. Which would be so cool. It'd be like, amazing. But yeah, that's very intensive. Yes. I've heard, I think Mavis or some of them talked about, because it is so intense. And this work, it I mean, you, it, it can be really hard. And so sometimes I call them like Weepy Wednesdays if somebody's reading doesn't go in like I've always heard Weepy Wednesdays and stuff Aww. because you put so much into it and it's, it's a, it, I don't know. We, we've been in classes where you go to dim or read and it's and it can be frustrating and you're like, what is wrong with me <laughs> or something? Mm -hmm. and so I can't <laughs> like and I'm sure it's very intense. But anyway, it's super cool. I see why they call it the Hogwarts. 
Um, but it's got such a cool history that I never knew. And and I feel like that was skimming the surface. If you go on the Spiritualist National Union's website, they have a ton more information on the history of the college. I mean, detailed itineraries. Like there was so much. I'm like, we can't include this all in one. But if you're really fascinated, there's a wealth more of information available. But <laughs> I thought I would end with a funny story. And Caitlin knows what this is. <laughs> And some of you have heard this story. I've said it like once before, but I didn't give like the whole story. I just kind of said it in passing. And if you, so if you've heard it, forgive me. Um, but I have only taken one course at Arthur Finley. Not because I want to take more, but when I was working full time, you're kind of on, I mean, first of all, we have a huge time difference. So mm-hmm. even if their courses were at night, I was working during the day or if they were in the morning, it's like 2 a.m. our time. So it's, it just makes it a little harder to, to find it, but it just worked out. It was May of 2021. This was my birthday present to myself. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to take a class. And honestly, I don't know what happened. It was not the college's fault. This was all my fault. I read the description, obviously not well, <laughs> but I was excited about the description, didn't pay any attention to the title of the class and just signed up. I'm like, yes, this is my class. And, and what it was, the description talked about learning about the different time periods and the fashion and styles. So when you are um, conversing with spirits, you can look at their clothing and be like, oh, that would be the 1900s or that would be the 1950s. Like you get a better feel from what they look like. And I mean, I already know some of that, but I thought that would be a really cool class though and see how they teach it. Um, Because I don't know if you've run into this, Caitlin, but um, when I've worked (laughs) with people before, like, I remember one time somebody was like, I think he fought in the Civil War. This is like your granddad or great granddad or no, like your great granddad. I'm like, well, no, Civil War would you, be way, you, way. You can't count if you think that's my great grandfather. <laughs> yeah. um, let's try Try again. Are they just Pick have a, a hard. War. Span yeah. Am maybe? Let's, maybe. let's look on the time period or the relation. Come yeah. On. <laughs> or they get like the clothing and they're like, is that, I'm just making this up, but is that like the 70s? It's like, no, that would be more like the 40s. You know, it's, it's like they just... Those are bad examples, but they have a hard time placing the time period. And I'm like, I would love to see how they teach this. Plus, we love history. We're history majors. Like, this this is 100% true. So that's apparently all I read. I did not read farther down. I didn't look at the title. I just saw time periods and fashion. And I'm like, yes, I bought the course. Like, I signed myself up. It was a Zoom course. Thankfully, it was a series of four classes. I just signed up for the one day. Thank God. (laughs) Because the class was... (laughs) It was nine. It started at nine thirty a.m. their time, so it was three thirty a.m. our time. So for me, it was three thirty a.m. till seven a.m. and I didn't even care. I, I I even set set my alarm for one thirty. Like I had a note of this, like wake up at one thirty a.m. so I can because I wanted to look cute because I'm seeing people from England and it's Arthur Finley. <laughs> like I didn't want to just roll out of bed. So and I don't. So I get on still, and they even Caitlin. They even told us you need to have like paper. And pastels, which should have been a clue. Like, Jessica, you may be doing a lot of drawing, but it wasn't. I'm telling you, I don't know what was going. I think I was just so excited. Like, I was just so fired up. I'm like, oh, well, maybe I I, I don't. To this day, I'm like, what were you thinking? I don't know what I was thinking, people. I have no (laughs) idea what I was. I can't explain it. But anyway, I just thought, okay, fine. That's normal um, for a class. And so it was, they get started. And what was the spirit artist? (laughs) who was our instructor, 
She um, started the class and immediately said, I know y'all are all experienced spirit artists and you've had a lot of practice drawing people in spirit and you know how to do a portrait. So we're not going to, so basically we're not going to really go over that today. And I'm like, excuse me? (laughs) That's when it dawned on me, Jessica, you signed up for a spirit art class and you can't draw. (laughs) And so I guess she saw the look on my face because she's like, isn't that, is there anyone that hasn't taken art classes or can't draw a portrait and me and some other poor woman raise our hands? And, and I had to admit, I'm like, I think I misunderstood what this class was. <laughs> and the other lady, I felt bad for her. I Oh, oh the spirit artist was like, um, how many classes did you sign up for? I'm like, just this one. She's like, okay, good. <laughs> like basically good. The other lady had signed up for all four. So apparently it wasn't just, I know, apparently it wasn't just me that got excited and failed to read the description of this course. Yikes. She signed up for all four, um, but I just, I I almost, I'm like, Jessica, you can, it's Zoom. You can just turn it off. I'm like, no, this is Arthur Finley. You can't disrespect Arthur Finley. I'm like, we're just going to have to go with it. Like, I'm just going to have to make this happen. You're going to learn today. (laughs) You're going to learn how to draw a portrait today. And I'm, I'm about to send Caitlin and I don't, I already told Caitlin so they'll be up when you listen that we will share the pictures of what I drew. I'm going to do them through Messenger. Okay. So the first part was we were drawing different time periods. So I'm going to send you a picture of my lovely Victorian woman. By the way, as this class was going on, I was literally watching YouTube videos of how to draw portraits, like at the same time, like <laughs> trying to copy what I drew. It was like portraits for beginners. So here's my Victorian woman, Caitlin. I just sent it. <laughs> Nicely done. I like the hat. <laughs> it's so bad. And they were asking us to share our drawings. And it's like, oh, oh my no. God. And these are experienced artists. And I'm like, um, and next one, we had some other time periods. Um, but the other one I took a picture of was my 1970s flower girl. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so, she looks like an alien. <laughs> But I, I did give her a little pretty headband. <laughs> I know. So I like her headband. It's very cute. Yeah. We're and you were very specific about her part being down the middle. You I, were I, right. I was. I was. Okay. So that at least she's guiding us through this. So at this part, we may have to share our pictures. But then this is the worst. Then she goes, okay, now we're going to break. Now we're going to practice with partners. So she put us with partners and you had to tune in and you were not allowed to say anything about who you were getting in spirit. You just had to draw them. And then your partner had to look at your drawing to recognize who was in spirit. I was drawing stick figures. It's like, is this your granddad? (laughs) My poor partners were so understanding, but I was like, "I, I sincerely apologize. Like, Oh, I'll show you the one I drew. And this is because I saw it on YouTube. And so, but tell me if you would have recognized your loved one like this. Please tell me. It's from the back. It's the back of her head, but I knew she had a bun. (laughs) So for those that can't see it, it's literally the back of a woman's head with with a bun. And I'm like, is this your loved one? I mean, if they distinctively wore a bun... I don't think they did. I just saw that on YouTube and I was like, I can draw that hairstyle. (laughs) So, and then I just ended up cheating because she wasn't checking in on the Zoom rooms. I'm like, okay, here's everything I'm getting. Please don't look at the drawings. (laughs) Because I don't think you're going to work. But I'm like, 
It was so that that was an experience. That was that was an experience. My poor partners. And of course, they're drawing amazing things. And they're like, here, is this your loved one? It's like, oh, wow. Yep. Yep. That looks like mine. So they gave me a portrait. I gave them a stick figure or the back of a woman's <laughs> head. <laughs> Those are the two things I gave my partner. I don't know why she didn't part me up with the other woman. The one that got in this class that should have never been in there. We should have been partners. That would have made a little more sense. Yeah. So th- that is my only experience with Arthur Finley. But I do plan on taking more classes. Again, it was not their fault. I just need to learn how to read a damn description and pay attention to what the class actually is rather than just <laughs> I don't know read five words and like yes that's what I want and I'm gonna sign up I so. mean the upside is a you have a fantastic story <laughs> and b this was relatively harmless there was no harm yes. done there was no oh emotional scarring and no. you will be very clear about reading your classes in the future Which could have been a way worse situation if you think about the different ways it could go. That is true. And I even went back in my head. I'm like, that was not on the website. Oh, it was. It was. Like, I went back. I'm like, nope, there it is. Spirit art. Way to go, Jessica. Way to go. Yeah. And experience (laughs) is not required, but suggested. Encouraged. (laughs) Encouraged. Yeah. No, it was all there. Just missed it. And what's bad to it, as I had told everybody, I'm like, this is a class on the different time periods and it's Arthur Finley. And I'm, yeah. And so everybody's like, how'd your class go? I was like, I'm not going to talk about it. We don't talk about it. I'm done. Bye. (laughs) It was great. It was good. Awesome. I got a lot out of it. (laughs) I learned how to draw a pretty good bun in the back of a woman's head. You did. That is not a half bad bun. Not going to lie. No. Thank you, YouTube. Thank you for showing me that. So as I'm tuning in, I'm watching a YouTube video, like, trying to do it. Multitasking, for sure. Multitasking. Oh, my gosh. Don't you know that poor person's spirit was like, why? Why did we get her? Like, why, why her? Or they were really amused by it. They're like, hey, who knew it, it was going to be this entertaining? You should totally tell them to come next time. <laughs> that is true. They may have gotten a really good laugh out of it. A good chuckle. Exactly. I feel like they have a really good sense of humor. So they're probably like, this is... They were probably all the other spirits were sitting there watching me being like, what is she going to draw next? <laughs> like, how's this going to go? <laughs> oh, Lord. So, um, but there are, I was looking, there's a, there's some classes. I even do paranormal classes. And I, I didn't get to do this one again because I was working and it was like in the middle of the day. So I was so disappointed. But they, I don't know how it worked, but they did an online investigation of a haunted place in England. So I guess you got to watch them go through and... But they did paranormal classes and that that if they ever bring those back, I really want to do one of those with them. Um, but yeah, and uh, but there, and there's a couple of tutors. I'd love to study with Tony Stockwell and um, Paul Jacobs. He's he's on my bucket list, too. Um, and so, yeah. And if you can study with Chris Drew, I have nothing bad to say about Chris Drew. I think he's fabulous. I don't think he will ever listen to this podcast, but if he does, I love you. I think you're awesome. <laughs> hey, if any of y'all know him, make sure he hears that Jess loves him. Yes. Yeah, he was He was fun. He was great. I'll, I'll put it out there for them, I just because I know of them. But anyway, that is Arthur Finley College. So for our back to school episode. That is one heck of a school. I know. Oh, my gosh. And And... If you um, look up their website, and also there's videos of it online. I mean, if you're like, what is this place? There is so much you can learn about it and see it. And, oh, I want to stay there. But I'm like, how is that place not haunted? But I think Gordon's right. It's just art spirits. 
Oh yeah, no, it's it's definitely haunted. Like no chance it's not. Mm mm. No, but it makes it maybe it's like Hogwarts where they have like the four. Is it the four ghosts for like the houses? The four houses. I think it's yeah. more like ghosts. The British version where you go all the way back to the caveman and there's just yeah. like forty different people. <laughs> yes, and there's a beheaded one. They'd have the yes, beheaded, beheaded one. one. You've got thirty or forty soldiers. You've yes. got a few random Roman centurions. Yes. You've got a whole <laughs> cast of characters and the extras in the background. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, it is kind of like the show Ghost. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, and think about all the seances and all that of like, oh, they say like when you're there, the energy is like off the charts. Like I can imagine it's just like, but everybody goes. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And they say it's like, it's magical. And I'm like, I can believe that. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, very cool. Um, So anyway, I hope everybody... If you're going back to school or have little ones going back to school, I hope it's wonderful. And if you're getting to go to Arthur Finley, please write us, message us. We may put you on a future podcast to talk about it. I would love to hear about it. Absolutely. Like, tell us what it's like. Tell us what you took. Tell us what you learned. All the things. Yes, that would be a really cool bonus episode. Like an interview. Grace, I'm just putting you out there because I know you're going. (laughs) <laughs> I'm calling you out. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. No, no. But I would love to hear about her experience and what it was like. Oh, absolutely. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Like, it, I can't even imagine what it would be like to be able to stay there. I don't think I, I would sleep the whole week. I, I, I don't think I would, but I also at the same time think I would be exhausted at the oh, same time. Oh, I'd be time. exhausted. I just don't think I'd sleep. <laughs> well, you and I love to. I mean, they have like a library and a... A dining place. I mean, they have all these cool things. They also have a bar, and it said, like, after the classes, they'll go hang out with, like, the tutors in the bar. I mean, nothing wild, but, you know, everybody just goes and has a drink and relaxes, and I'm like, I love this college also has a bar. <laughs> like That is fantastic. Spirits for the spirits. Absolutely. Exactly. I'm like, that is amazing. That is super cool. I think they got rid of it for a while, but it, it's back now. So, Excellent. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so thank you thank all you for all. listening. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if you enjoyed the episode and you're uh, excited about back to school, go <laughs> ahead and do us a favor and appease the podcast gods. And if you're not excited about going back to school, <laughs> appease them anyway and leave <laughs> us a reading and a review on Apple Pod or Spotify or wherever you're listening to the podcasts. And if you haven't hit subscribe yet, why not? That's how you know that we have new episodes and it doesn't cost anything. No, it doesn't. And like we were saying, we want to hear from you. So if there's any other topics you want us to cover, if you've been to Arthur Finley, contact us. We always love hearing from you. Um, You can always find us on Instagram or Facebook at Calling All Spirits Pod. Or you can even email us at CallingAllSpiritsPod at gmail.com. And if you're feeling lucky, you can always try to go through one of the tutors at Arthur Finley or see if you can get Arthur Finley to come through and talk to us himself. Love it. Don't know if that'll work. So when in doubt, (laughs) Gmail is probably the best option. Yes, absolutely. Or do both. Go for both. Both is good. (laughs) I wouldn't mind talking to Arthur Finley, but maybe not like at 2 a.m. in the morning or 3 Come on a regular time. Yeah, make sure he's on central time in the U.S. Yes. That time difference can be a little bit rough for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. 
Absolutely. And until next time, bye everybody.